The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. What did we watch? We watched Barney Miller, specifically, episodes Homicide Part 1 and 2. Part 1 aired on October 30th. The year was 1980. And uh, Homicide aired the following week on November 6th. Or Homicide Part 2 aired uh, one week later on November 6th. I believe this was your first ever exposure to this particular program. Yeah, I've never seen Barney Miller before. Uh, was not even familiar with uh, it being set in New York City. So we says you're not familiar with it. Maybe some other uh, people also share your mm-hmm. lack of familiarity. 
What what is this show? What is Barney Miller? It's sort of like uh, it's a sitcom based in a precinct in Manhattan uh, with a bunch of quirky detectives working together. It's comedic. It's not. It's not a heavy show. It's not a serious, crimey show. It's sort of like I think. It seems like for for modern fans of uh kind of cop humor shows, it seems like uh Brooklyn Nine Nine took a lot of cues from this kind of style of like quirky guys, quirky people working together, and it's more of like a workplace comedy than a crime show. Yeah, I think the creators of Brooklyn Nine Nine indicated they were very heavily influenced by Barney Miller. Yes. So that was, that was, I've seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I've enjoyed that show. So that's the parallel. And it seems like there was a lot of inspiration there. Yeah. I really dug it. And I also just want to say to get things out, uh, kick, you know, kicked off this, this theme song has no reason to be this groovy. <laughs> it's got like a low bass. And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Should we splice it in here? Let's splice it in right here. That is a pretty cool song. Pretty groovy. <laughs> That's far out, man. That's distant. Yeah, it's a fun show. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. Even before I met you, I had the complete series on DVD. It started out as being pretty evenly divided between Barney Miller's life at this precinct house and his home life with his wife. But then they realized the better stories were at work, and so that side was jettisoned. Isn't that usually the case? Unless you have a really quirky, amazing family. That's... it's. Work's going to be more interesting because you could do more there. So with a sitcom based on your life, just be you. Uh... Yeah, you would be blocked out of it. It would just be like a, one of those like, you know, <laughs> censorship bars over your face. <laughs> if you happen to stumble into the frame. <laughs> <laughs> just totally, totally blacked out. Yeah, I'd, I'd be uh, relegated to like a cameo appearance once or twice a season. They'd have like that that for like a promo picture for a promo like you know flyer they'd have like that picture of Stalin where he's walking with that short guy and he's blocked out later on <laughs> it'd be like that one of our pictures strolling along and then suddenly it would be me alone looking like I'm talking to somebody who's not there I think it's very uh, interesting that you compare yourself to Stalin <laughs> actually a pretty apt comparison <laughs> <laughs> but you like the young hot stuff yeah i'm like hot stalin <laughs> stalin back when he was a babe <laughs> yeah that's you before i got all cranky 
I'm a lucky man. Yeah, you're really lucky. It's a ticking time bomb for you. Um, so most of the action on Barney Miller takes place within uh, the precinct room. Yeah. There's a general room uh, where all the detectives uh, work. It has a little cell in the back. And then some scenes take place in Barney Miller's office, which is just off of the main room. And there's a bit of a central mystery. The The, the mystery uh, to this episode, I guess, is how will these guys who normally are doing kind of pretty lighthearted crimes, how will they take to the homicide beat and we'll explain more about that in a minute but there's also sort of an underlying mystery in terms of our viewing here kevin uh shared a story about this show with me early on and at the end of this episode i'm going to uh, make a guess and see if i offend him or if i'm correct tell the listeners what you told me about your you know viewership of this show as a young lad when i was a young lad people more than one person told me that i was very much like one character on this program Yes. So you're going to guess which character, and I'm going to predict that you're not going to get it. Really? Yes. Do you want to make that prediction now, or do you want to do it at the end? I'm going to do it at the end. I think I know who you're going to guess. Because this, this episode is kind of an unusual episode, so I don't think all of the characters were really, all their facets were fully illustrated. Yeah, but I, I, I think I'm going to be right. I mean, I know you pretty well, and, like, I know... I think I know what other people are seeing when they're seeing old Kever. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I think I'm going to get it right, even though I, I imagine that, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming to this from a limited perspective. And to be clear, I didn't cheat. I didn't look up anything about these people. And you didn't tell me because you've been teasing me with this of like, oh, everyone said I was this one guy. And, you know, so I, I we're going to do this live, damn it. Live. <laughs> Um, I love how cocksure you are. I, I'm going to humiliate myself, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, like, the inspector, and everyone's going to laugh at me. <laughs> Your mom will call in on the next episode and be like, you don't really know my son, do you? <laughs> it's sad. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't be cocky, because then, then I'm going to get it wrong. But anyways, so... We start out with one of the, the familiar type of cases. Why don't you tell us about that? You have an irate cabbie who was locked in a trunk. He, he says that he, the, the incident happened four days ago. He was robbed and locked into the trunk of his cab. <laughs> Bernie Miller says, uh, did you just report it? And he says, I just got out! <laughs> That's fun. Um, he said he was yelling and screaming in the cab for help. And people just were walking by because they thought he was, they were on candid camera or something. Yeah, making... <laughs> Making fun of New Yorkers' apathy <laughs> um, <laughs> is very funny. Things How did he finally get out? Some asshole rear-ended his cab. <laughs> you love to see it. No, and so I, I, that gives you sort of a flavor for the typical cases they're dealing with. Kind of irate, angry New Yorkers yelling about some some inconvenience, some bad situation. Um but things take a darker turn when the old-timey inspector in his like little old old man outfit saunters in. Actually, before he comes in, don't we have another case between the uh, the uh, Jewish businessman and the Arab uh, businessman? Yeah, there's kind of a parody of, I guess, the Six-Day War. Pretty pretty current topical uh, <laughs> situation uh, where they're uh, you know squabbling and oh the fight was over after six minutes and da 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 so they're they're not you know they're kind of squabbling but 
they 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 get dismissed pretty quickly kind of you know with with Barney Miller being like we don't have time for this shit basically and uh the Jewish character actually has appeared on earlier episodes of the show oh he's a recurring guy yes Wow. Okay. Uh, and and uh, we got to call attention when they were briefly in the cell together, they got into uh, a discussion that uh, I enjoyed. Yeah, I didn't. I'm. Sh- I was thinking that has to be some sort of inside joke, but I didn't get it because uh, I didn't grow up with this. Uh, they were talking, and uh, one of them, uh, they were talking about some of the current heated rhetoric about Zionism at the time. And one of the big actresses at the time who was very uh, involved in that was an actress named uh, Vanessa Redgrave, who had a sister named Lynn Redgrave. And the person on this show uh, confused the two sisters and said, oh, is Lynn Redgrave is this really a big activist? And they said, no, 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 she's the one on the hospital show because she was on a hospital sitcom with Wayne Rogers. What was that show called? House Calls. Okay. It also featured David Wayne is the crusty hospital administrator. And of course, you you loved him. You loved him uh, playing the crusty father on Ellery Queen. Oh, yeah, I love him. That's great. But she co-starred on that show with Wayne Rogers, who they mentioned. They, they said, oh, I remember this show. She's on the show with the guy from MASH, because Wayne Rogers used to be on MASH playing the role of Trapper John. So then the other character, this is way too much explanation. <laughs> Should we just cut this? Kevin's eyes were sparkling as he watched this. And they, they said, oh, why isn't why isn't Wayne Rogers, instead of being on this hospital show, why isn't he on the hospital show Trapper John reprising the character from MASH? And they said, well, why don't you ask the guy from Bonanza? Because Trapper John on Trapper John was played by Pernell Roberts, who previously was on Bonanza. <sighs> Kevin was like this. Yeah. <laughs> some nice deep cuts from the 70s, 80s TV world. Uh, some kind of charged rhetoric around Israel and Palestine. So I guess if your tolerance for that is high, then you might like it. <laughs> then the inspector comes in. Yeah, Tell us the about inspector, the inspector. He's this kind of uh, dapper dressed old timey guy who thinks he's hot shit and uh, is, is, is just a big nuisance to everyone around him and this is always what i secretly fear that i am <laughs> i worry that i'm an insult like that's why like i i'm so bad at making friends i'll like hide from people because i just oh i think i'm a big pain in the ass <laughs> and the inspector's actions in this one so dude, you see let, 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 let's just do a, no shut up let's do a spoiler the inspector's actions in this indirectly lead to a man's death <laughs> So that is one parallel between you and the yeah. inspector. <laughs> it's always happening to me. So do you saw yourself in the inspector. I don't see myself in the inspector. I just worry that I am the inspector. Like I'm really annoying everyone while being totally oblivious to that. Yeah, he thinks he's funny. He thinks he's charming. Yeah, this is like what every anxious person worries that they they are. Like you'll be like, I need to be more confident. I need to get out there and talk to people. And then you walk away from that and be like, oh my God. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> What news does the inspector bring? <laughs> he brings news. Uh, there's been all these rumors around swirling around around the squad room uh, where people are saying that 
there's going to be firings, there's going to be restructurings, there's layoffs, all this stuff. And the inspector says, yes, there is a restructuring. They're going to make it so that each precinct is going to focus, each squad, I guess, is going to focus on a different type of crime. So instead of just focusing on like a geographical area, it's going to be uh, like theft and homicide and all this stuff, you know, narcotics, and that he pulled a few strings <laughs> and he's gotten the boys at his favorite precinct homicide <laughs> and they're all horrified because <laughs> it's not that kind of show <laughs> so you know he's an agent of chaos we love we love an agent of chaos on a sitcom but uh it's causing problems for the the fellas why don't you tell us about a couple of the homicide cases that uh, come in? I have a horrifying guy who says he slit his barber's throat because he made him look like alfalfa. Meanwhile, the joke is that he looks uh, totally normal. <laughs> He's being in- investigated by a droll detective named Sergeant or Detective Dietrich. Detective Dietrich. Yes, and then and then uh, another one is being investigated by Detective Harris, who is uh, you know kind of a ladies' man, kind of a charmer. <laughs> Kind of thinks himself as an intellectual, and he is uh, tasked with solving a serial murder case where somebody's chopping up bodies and leaving them in trash cans. <laughs> and there's a very funny scene with that <laughs> that sort of reminded me, like Kevin, like we we our other podcast is a true crime podcast, and we're both true crime, you know, people where we're you know looking up stuff and seeing stuff we probably shouldn't see. Do you ever feel like you read about a case and it just ruin like ruins your afternoon? Yes. Yeah, I've had that happen a lot where I'm all like, all right, like, let's get into this. And then I'm like, I just need to lie down or something. <laughs> and then you see that happen in real time with Detective Harris because he's going to get himself some coffee and a, and a, you know, a Danish and he's all happy. And he's talking about like, yeah, there's a bunch of body parts in the trash can. And then slowly he just puts down the coffee and like throws out the Danish. <laughs> like that's that's a real mood <laughs> meanwhile uh detective uh wojo which is i believe a nickname for wojohowitz yes nice polish american fella he gets uh he he oh yeah the, the lady comes in this kind of prim and proper lady comes in and is like oh i uh took out a hit on my husband but i'd like to retract it please and uh, so you know everyone's all like what <laughs> And so they're they're kind of out of their you know you see a bunch of people who like are a little bit out of their depth and they're and it, it, there's obviously kind of a grind on them with all the bloody images and stuff that they're having to see constantly now because they're dealing with I guess all of New York City's homicides or at least <laughs> all, I guess all of Manhattan's homicides so you know it's it's not uh, you know you think maybe the homicide group would be the like the more exciting team to be on because it's the most heinous crimes in this they're just kind of they're they're overwhelmed or psychologically traumatized it's it's no fun for them I feel like this episode I don't know I don't know anything about the writing or anything but I, I feel like this episode is like the writers like striking back at people who are like well why don't they solve real crimes or like why don't they do like a you know episode where there's a serial killer and this is like is this what you want <laughs> Holding everyone's face in it and to show how bad it would be. Oh, then the inspector comes back. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of what kind of favor is he asking for this time? Uh, he reminds Barney that uh, Barney's been like a son to him, and then he asks Barney to recommend him for a, a promotion 
within the department, the inspector wants to be the media liaison. <laughs> <laughs> and he's giving out a sample of like things he'd say to reporters if they came asking, like, uh, you know, why don't you just run along and mind your own business? <laughs> <laughs> that could get him a, a job at some, you know, e-commerce giants, because that's kind of the... <laughs> yeah, you've talked to your uh, spokespeople. Like I've that. talked to spokespeople, you know, or, you know, uh, PR uh, professionals who, you know, can be pretty... <laughs> Pretty brusque. Yeah, you know, it's a tactic to get people off your back. So he's not totally out of line there from a PR perspective. But uh, it's certainly, you know, not not exactly what Barney Miller, you know, who, of course, is the captain of this precinct and kind of the, the voice of reason, kind of a kind of a calm guy uh, would, would want from a media liaison. So he's <laughs> is the is the inspector always like this where he's coming in and causing chaos? Pretty much. Yeah. He's 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 a great character. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> I think I've shown you uh, YouTube clips of some of his other appearances. Yeah, they're, they're very funny. Oh, and meanwhile, there's a pretty lady photographer who comes in and gets harassed by Detective Harris, <laughs> appropriately named. He's really interested in her. He's he, like, oh, why don't you go out with me? Is it because I'm black? Is it because I'm too self-centered? Or like, <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. And he brags about being a published author, and you asked me if that was true. And actually, uh, Barney Miller was known for doing lots of uh, long arcs kind of in the background. Yeah. And th there's a multi-multi-series, season arc, almost a season long, series-long arc, in which he's an aspiring writer. Uh, he finally gets published. His novel is called Blood on the Bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, it becomes successful, and then uh, somebody is it's loosely based on his own career, and someone's up suing him uh, for libel in a disastrous suit. <laughs> oh, shit, really? Yeah. But yeah, she's not into him, and they're just looking over all these horrible, horrible pictures. You're... You were laughing all through this. You love this. I thought it was really funny. I thought the humor was, uh, you know, it just, it was like a relaxed kind of thing, and it was just like, you know, relatable people sort of reacting to ridiculous situations, kind of brand of sitcom humor, which I which I enjoy. Sort of dealing with exasperating or and or horrifying situations. And it's almost like a theatrical play since it all pretty much takes place on one set. Yeah. And like I, I just dug it. I thought it I thought it was fun and I, I liked the characters. Everyone's kind of a little bit quirky, but they're not too quirky. It's not like Except for the inspector. He's all quirked up. But, like, everyone else kind of has, like, a level of realism, but also a level of quirkiness. And it was like, I could totally see, like, binging a bunch of these episodes. It's a really fun show. Yeah, it's very fun. And, um, you know, it's it's not, it's, I really kind of appreciated a different take on, you know, police work, especially in New York City. Like, you watch shows and you think, oh, my God, this is the biggest fucking thing and like oh if they don't stop the the serial killers every other week and you don't if they don't stop this killer they'll never stop killing and like oh svu it's all this drama and it's like yeah that i mean that i i enjoy that shit too don't get me wrong but this felt a little more refreshing where it was like you know this show is almost parroting that style of police procedural where they're like we don't want to deal with this shit would you <laughs> <laughs> And this was season seven, so it was pretty late in the game. And some of the uh, more famous characters from the show are already long gone. There's a character called Detective Fish, who was a very old man <laughs> who looked, always looked near death, was always going to the bathroom. 
I'm just going to be mean and guess that that's you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and the other one was uh, <laughs> Detective Yamana, played by Jack Sue. He was the Asian-American uh, detective who was known for making really bad coffee. Yeah, it's like it's like a workplace sitcom, you know, and in, in the in the in the cop stuff is more of like the secondary thing. They happen to work at a pre they're just a bunch of guys who happen to work at a precinct rather than like we're cops. We bleed blue. We're doing all this. We're running after the suspects. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to. And instead of having like an endless supply of little stories, because they always have these little cases they have to work each week. Yeah, it's, it's like I, I think you said that this was considered more realistic by a lot of actual law enforcement officers. And I could definitely see that. Because obviously not every week you're going to have, like, the, the, the case of your life, you know. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Just like any job. And of course, you know, all these kind of things, it's a two-parter, so all these kind of uh, little threads come come home to roost. Uh, they they fortunately are able to intercept the hitman who's going to kill the woman's husband. He was like my favorite side character in the show. He had a bunch of funny lines. He's talking about how he, you know, tripped over a stack of modern bridal magazines at a newsstand and like, who reads that? And like, <laughs> <laughs> he's talking, he's complaining about how it was going to be a whole big career move for him and now it's ruined. The photographer kind of declines uh, Harris's advances until the end where she offers to go home with him. So I guess he wore her down. <laughs> uh, he asked her at one point if she's married to one of the hostages. I guess the I- I- Iran uh, hostage crisis was ongoing at this point and... <laughs> Sitcoms were making jokes, <laughs> and um, they, you know, they they just throw the alfalfa guy in prison. He's all creepy. He's creeping around, and uh, then of course the, there's a conclusion to the two store owners, the warring store store owners in the six minute war rather than the six day war. What happens with that? Uh, the Jewish uh, gentleman comes in and says, "I was wrong. It wasn't the Arab man who attacked the store. It was a couple of these young punks." who were trying to go after me for protection. Can you come help me round them up and get them behind bars? And they say, we can't do that because now we're just a homicide-only department. You have to go to another squad. And he's kind of defeated and uh, slinks off sadly. And then a few hours later, the uh, Arab gentleman comes in and says, those punks who were after him for protection money actually killed him. You should have come and helped him. So that's sad. And then Barney Miller kind of, you know, yells at the, at the inspector a little bit and talk, makes a case for community-focused policing rather than uh, 
uh, siloing all the different crimes off uh, because as community-based police, they're able to serve the people they're uh, assigned to better than if they're just uh, can only deal with something if it's the worst of the worst. How does it all end? Um, it all ends with the, everything basically going back to normal. The woman who put out a hit is grateful to be sentenced to jail because she wants to get away from her really mild-mannered waspy husband. Unfortunately, that, that older gentleman dies. Uh, presumably, alf- the alfalfa alpha guy goes to jail, and so does the uh, hitman as well. Basically, Harris acts like at the end he really enjoyed working on uh, catching this serial killer who kept on leaving chopped up body parts in trash cans, uh, and then partying <laughs> exasperatedly. <laughs> but he only caught him because the, the killer left his wallet in one of the bags. <laughs> So, you know, the the kind of crazy homicide days are over for them, and they're going to go back um, to to normal. Now I'm going to give my guess, I think, to the mystery of which character you are. Okay. And it's not... I'll give, you, I'll give a run-up to it. Okay. This character was not in the episode a lot, but I got a vibe from him that oh. I'm going to go with. Okay. Yeah. He was not a focus. He was not a focus. He had a couple of lines line reads that i thought because i'm trying to put myself in the head i see you as I, you know as your wife as somebody who adores you um but i'm trying to put myself in the head of people who knew you back when you were like a nerdy little little guy you know back in the back in the 80s and so i'm thinking about it so i think that you're dietrich wow you nailed it i nailed it yeah what makes you say that he was always like lurking in the background with a kind of a quick remark, but he didn't talk a lot. And when when you're in public, you know, when you're out, when or you know, when you're at a family event, you get real quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and you and then you'll bust out like some funny some funny like what like like, you know, quip. You're a quippy guy. It, like when you're with me, you never shut up. But when you're when you're <laughs> it's true. When you're with me, you're just, so What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Oh, yeah, motor mouth. <laughs> But when you are uh, around a group of other people, you fulfill the Dietrich role because you're just kind of like, da-da, and everyone's like, ah, you know, that's that's your vibe. Now, I've, I, so so I got it. You got it. I'm I, impressed. Yeah, and also- He was he, barely in the episode. He was barely in the episode, but also, like, like, not to be, I'm just also like, other people see him, and you had big ass glasses and very curly hair. So it's not just the personality, but like the the kind of the general mode of being. And I'm I don't I don't know what his typical role is, but I'm assuming he's just like the smart guy who kind of comes out with like a smart alecky remark. Yeah, he's smart. He's unflappable. Nothing really seems to uh, affect him. Yeah, that's how you are allegedly. That's the <laughs> face you put out to the public. The lie you live. <laughs> I'm a cold fish. I'm I know a cool how cucumber. I know how flappable you are in real life. <laughs> I'm very unflappable. I can flap you right now. Oh, I'd like to see you try. <laughs> so I'm glad I guessed it. I was le- I was like, I was like maybe Barney Miller. That would have been my second guess because he's kind of also unflappable. But I didn't see, <laughs> I didn't see your like, your like relatives or like childhood friends as seeing you as like the leader of men. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been my second guess. Very impressive. I'm shocked. I'm pretty good. I see. I was trying. I was trying to take note of everybody who showed up. 
and I was trying to like make note of like what exactly everyone was doing because I figured it could be somebody who wasn't getting a ton of screen time. I was worried sick you were going to say the inspector. You're not a... If anyone in our relationship is the inspector, it's me. Didn't you take a quiz once about what TV character you are most like? And can you remind us what... I got the inspector from Barney Miller. No, you oh, got. You oh, got, oh, oh, no. You got the dean from Community. <laughs> I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. <laughs> I love that character, but yeah. You're not would, at all like that character. I think I can be. The episode where he it shoots a video, uh, a commercial for the college, and it turns into a, like a heart of dark hearts of darkness situation that is me like that's how i can become if i'm put in charge of a, a, a group pod project i like the power goes to my head and i want perfection i mean i'm a perfectionist and like that's kind of what can happen if i really care about a project and i'm trying to organize other people where i kind of like lose my mind a little bit so that was accurate to me everything else no you're more like a leslie nope she has perfectionism uh, characteristics. Yeah, but like he, he really loses his shit in that episode. He's running around. He insults Louise Guzon. You know, like that. That was that's more of the chaotic energy. I would, I, I'm like Leslie Nope. Like that's what I try to put out to people. But like inside, <laughs> you're the dean from. Community. I'm the dean in that episode where he's shooting a commercial. Where I'm just like losing my shit. I don't see it. Well, I guess it's good that you didn't work with me on like group projects in college. <laughs> Or on my, or on the student newspaper in college. Talking about the flat hat. Yeah, that was that was more of a dean energy. Maybe now I've calmed down as I've grown and matured uh, into a more Leslie Nope character. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm an, I can be an agent of chaos too. I, I mean, I'm curious. Like, out of these characters on Barney Miller, do you think I am similar to any one of them? No. Am I similar to any character in like a cop show that we've watched? Maybe a little Olivia Benson? Aw, that's sweet. No, but I'm not that nice. <laughs> You're pretty nice. I pretend to be. <laughs> <laughs> you pretend to be nice? It's all just an act? It's all just an act. It's a carefully constructed ruse. But don't you think I know the real Anya? I guess so. You get, or, or have you been fooling me? You've been running a con? <laughs> Taking off the mask. <laughs> Is that you I'm looking at, or is it a brilliant disguise? Mm. To quote the boss. I guess. Uh, I guess you'll never know. <laughs> I know you. Um. No, but I. I really enjoyed this. This show. It was. It so was, what? What cop character does the modern day Kevin most remind you of? Well, I could. I could see, give off. If they had it, I. I guess I'd have to judge more of like if they had a more Dietrich centric episode, but I could see. I could see the vibe there. The vibe matches for sure. I always thought you were like Ben from Parks and Rec. That's not a cop show, but def <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. So, so isn't it sweet that I, know. I call you Leslie, yeah. you call me Ben? Yeah. Sometimes I think we flip, though. I think sometimes you're Leslie and I'm Ben, but I think in general that's a, that's a pretty good. What's the difference between those two characters? Because they're pretty similar. They're similar, but I think Ben is more prone to f flights of fancy, you know, and, and – uh, and Leslie is more, I think, competitive. So yeah, then I'm more Ben and you're more Leslie. Because you, you do have that competitive streak. I do have a competitive streak, but I also have the uh, the, the penchant for uh, Flights of Fancy. <laughs> <laughs> As you know. 
but no, Barney Miller dig the show. Uh, You'll be watching it again. I'll be watching this again for sure. It's a nice relaxing show. You just and it like went by like cr- like very quick. We watched two episodes and it just felt like it was over in like about forty five minutes. Yeah, I was like, good vibes, good vibes all around. I know maybe mixing comedy and policing can kind of be controversial these days, but I, and I, that's fair. But I, I just, to me, this was kind of a, just a fun watch, you know? When I was watching this show as like a six or seven year old, I'd always get confused because Barney Miller is played by Hal Linden. And I, I was always confusing him with well known crank Hal Lindsey, who wrote books of Bible prophecy called The Late Great Planet Earth. He was always predicting the end times coming. This is a, this is such a Kevin problem. <laughs> Sue me for a loop. Oh man, my Barney Miller fandom is really getting confused by all my fandom of crazy cranks. Very Kevin. That's a very you problem. <laughs> I don't think anyone else had that problem. Oh, I think the whole world was confusing uh, Hal Lindsey and Hal Linden. The 80s. <laughs> I guess this was more of like a 70s show because this is like the seventh season and it's 1980. Yeah, I think it, yeah. it, it ran like eight seasons. Wow. Maybe. It's good pick, baby. It was a good pick. But to me, Barney Miller sounds like a rural name. That's why I was like figuring it would be set in a small town. Cause like, yeah, when I started the episode, you said when the credits came on, and you saw the familiar site of Lower Manhattan, which used to be your stomping grounds. As well as the Twin Towers. Ah. <laughs> you said, my God, this is set in New York City. Yeah, I didn't expect... Barney sounds like a rural name. Miller sounds like a rural rural name. So I, w- I was just expecting this to be like... Could have been in the Hoosier State for all I knew. And then I saw uh, my old stomping ground, as you said, and I was... Huh? Yeah, it's not a very descriptive name. You don't know what you're getting it's with very the bland. Barney Miller. Yeah, it's very bland. One of the producers on this show went on to do a show called Night Court. That name, you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah, it's very descriptive. Barney Miller could be a show about, like, literally anything. Could be about a lawyer. Could be about... Country doctor. Yeah, country doctor. Yeah, that actually sounds... Barney Miller sounds more like a country doctor to me than, like, a New York City cop. But I guess they're kind of just trying to show that, like, he's just an every guy. He's just a normal dude. This is his job, you know? Sometimes... Sometimes this job is kind of rough. Sometimes things work out for everybody, but it's not too crazy. So what's your five-star final take? I'd say that with these homicide episodes, Barney Miller killed it. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore two underscore me underscore. And at mystery to me podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast at gmail.com. We're not teens setting up hotmail accounts in the early 2000s. So all of those spell out two as T O. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for, for listening. listening.